what's good? It's your girl, Chinea Ogumake, number 13 of the LA Sparks and also NBA analyst here at ESPN. Welcome to my show. I am so hyped that you and I get to hang one-on-one, yes, one-on-one like the move, right here every Tuesday. You can find a new episode on the ESPN YouTube channel of Chinea, my podcast, or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all, there's no better way for me to start this journey than bringing on a WNBA champion, MVP, my teammate, and big sis, Neko Gwimike. She took us behind the scenes of Space Jam. Yes, the movie, The New Legacy. Also talked about partying with Snoop Dogg after winning a championship in 2016. But most importantly, she was very reflective on the need to talk about mental health and its role in the sports world. So here's what you need to know. Osaka reminded us this week that superhuman athletes are human first. Osaka wrote, in part, if the organizations think they can keep saying do press or you're going to get fined and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are the centerpiece of their cooperation, then I just got to laugh. Just over a week ago, Naomi Osaka withdrew from the French Open, citing mental health concerns. The world of sports rallied behind her, showing her love for being vulnerable and putting her truth out there. Now, you might ask, why does this matter? Well, because of the time we're living in right now, which is unprecedented. According to the CDC, from August 2020 to February 2021, the percentage of adults with recent symptoms of an anxiety or depressive disorder increased from 36% to 41% in just those few months. And the increases were largest amongst adults aged 18 to 29 years old. Naomi Osaka is 23 years old. So one of the sports world's biggest stars of this rising generation, publicly acknowledging mental health, is meaningful to normalize the realities of mental health and its impact on professional athletes and the importance to call for and get help. As someone who is a professional athlete and also a member of the media myself, I understand that access to athletes is imperative to our work. I mean, I'm about to bring an amazing athlete right here onto the show. But my question is, at what cost? I know plenty of athletes that have no problem immersing themselves in their craft by practicing and playing games, but still have real anxieties stepping in front of a microphone or speaking in front of a crowd. While the news of Naomi's withdrawal from the open shocked a lot of people, it forced a necessary discussion on how we can better the relationship between the athlete and media for all. And one of those people that has truly understood athletes stepping into their own power as a part of this new generation is Neka Ogwumike. Yes, we are going one-on-one with my big sis, WNBA MVP, WNBA champion, president of the Players Association of the WNBA, Stanford grad, and also my personal chef. Two sisters, one podcast, finally, and you are the queen of podcasts. I (laughs) Secretly. Uh, Not so secretly, because (laughs) you're the one who puts our whole family onto podcasts. So I'm very grateful to have you as my first ever guest, Nick. Thanks. Thank you for joining. I love my podcasts. teammate, my sister, <laughs> um, my compass. Okay. 
there are a lot of things happening in the world of sports. Mm -hmm. And I think the one that captured a lot of people's imagination, controversy, and just people creating conversation was Naomi Osaka and her withdrawal from the French Open. And she cited a lot of reasons, you know, social anxiety, but then also mental health, which is such a huge topic, not just for like the world of sports, but for people overall. And considering that you are president of the Players Association, mm -hmm. I am vice president. So how many years yeah. being president of the WMBPA? Um, this will make it year five. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Year five, which is wow. When I say that now, I'm like, whoa. Half of your playing career you've been president. Isn't that crazy? Right? Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. And so I know, this is how I remember the experience of me joining the executive committee as vice president. Shout okay. out to nepotism. Sisters in there. Don't say that. What's wrong we with that? We actually vote. It's no, not we do nepotism. vote. It's not, but like, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I always say it's the best version. Because rightfully elected, both of us. Okay? Well, don't shout out nepotism. I mean, I think it's... Okay, sorry. No, we're not cutting that out, but we're keeping that there. But I bring up um, the executive committee and your leadership because mm -hmm. with Naomi's situation, it's something that a lot of athletes deal with, mm -hmm. especially female athletes. You know, we're full of a league of working moms. Right. And since you're the president, you not only helped create the bubble, you played in the bubble, and you had to be a voice of a lot of the women in the bubble during a wild time. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people have talked about hoops and what we're able to do, you know, with basketball on the platform. But after seeing Naomi's situation, did it sort of bring back some of the things that us as female athletes and athletes overall deal with? Yeah. You know, um, I think we, we all resonate with, with what she was uh, expressing. Uh, to be honest, you know, it's amazing to be in a world now where she can comfortably do that. Well, actually, I won't even I won't even make the assumption and say comfortably, you know, that she felt the need to do that, that she had the agency to be able to come out with how she felt and draw it back to her experiences, not just in that particular moment. Um, and it just brings me back to like even something as simple as times where we've been asked um, questions in interviews and you can't you can't be your whole self. You know, you have it's always kind of been imparted upon um, female athletes and women athletes to not go against the grain, to make sure that you have decorum and discipline and, and, um, and just care with your answers. That doesn't necessarily allow you to express how you're truly feeling. And that trickles into the professional realm. Um, and as the president of the union, you know, mental health has been such a huge conversation for us. Um, especially even before the bubble, really. Um, it was certainly exacerbated in the bubble, but even before the bubble, we've had players come out and talk about it. Um, and it's more than just, oh, you come to the gym, you hoop, and then you go home. You know, you go to the game, and then you go home. It's way, 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 way more than that. And I think Naomi has shown, um, has been vulnerable to the point where people can truly understand, like, hey, we're human. You know, we deal with things. And for her to even come out and say that she's been dealing with this since 2018. Yeah. You were um, while still performing at a high level. I don't, I think people kind of gloss over that fact as well. You know, she's just now talking about what she's been dealing with, but she's been performing at such a high level for the past three years. And, and most athletes do that, especially um, athletes that are women, you know, cause we juggle so much more than just playing. I think you put it, you put it wonderfully. I remember one time we were talking and you said something about how, um, you know, men athletes compared to women athletes, you know, men, they, you know, they always have these opportunities that kind of fall into their laps and they just kind of have to pick and choose like what they want to do, who they want to represent, what brands they align with. Whereas with us, like we could be in a grocery store and we have to be on. 
<laughs> you know, always yeah. because we don't know when opportunity, when that next opportunity is going to come. You know, we have to be engaged with every person that meets us. We don't necessarily have the, um, the privilege to be big time, you know? And I think that, I think that that's, that's kind of what came to my mind when Naomi was speaking about her experiences. Yeah. And it's something that resonates with even just outside of, you know, our generation, we're mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic right? and people are feeling things in a heightened way. And so seeing her sort of fight for herself and then also the entire sports world rally behind her was amazing. And, you know, for me, it was different because like I'm media now, like I need people to talk to. <laughs> but at the same time, it, it, it begs the question at what cost, mm-hmm. you know, like if it disturbs your peace and your peace is what you need to perform at a high level, you should never risk that. Now, switching gears, sis, okay. to something more personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to post recently on my Instagram a trailer for a special movie. Yeah. Space Jam. <laughs> so talk to me about that opportunity. What was like shooting Space Jam? I know I was there. I don't know if we can talk about like the deleted scenes that probably people, <laughs> that people will never see. <laughs> the deleted scenes. I would, I would actually love to see those scenes, but um, Space Jam was fun. I mean... It, it was just, you know, like we grew up watching this movie. (laughs) Do you think like I was, we were just having this conversation growing up in Cypress, Texas, watching Space Jam. We would have never thought as little kids that you would be in the sequel. I just remember growing up watching that movie. We'd be like, fly like Like an an eagle. eagle. (laughs) I'm like, man, this movie's so cool. You're in it. And we were watching it before we were really into basketball. Yeah. You know, um, but it, it, it is such an honor to be in the movie. For me, what's the what what is biggest is the representation in the movie. You know, it is Space Jam a new legacy and it is showing just that. I think that it completely achieved. It lives up to its name for sure. Um and then filming it was fun. I don't know how <laughs> I really don't know how LeBron was doing it because by the time we got on set, he had already been filming for hours and had already worked out. Really? Yeah, so like we had a set time to come, had makeup, which was we each had our own trailer, which was cute. Okay. Um <laughs> makeup and everything that we get to set and it's you know when it comes to like production sets you you know this it's like a lot of hurry up and wait but mm-hmm. like once you get once it's time they're like go 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 go, go. <laughs> you know and we had fun um with our lines and stuff yeah how was the acting NECA, okay so people <laughs> don't know that NECA, ne- not normally like she would not run the cameras you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Your personality, you're like, I'm I do good. not run to cameras. But like your position now, even the last year or so, has exploded with you like CNN, MSNBC, <laughs> ESPN. And so for you, how was like, that's one thing to be talking about yourself, the game, the WNBA. Yeah. Acting. Yeah. I loved acting, actually. You, you actually were really good at it. You like, know what I love about it, though? What I love about acting, and this is funny because I've only acted in a couple things as myself both times, but <laughs> um, I love acting because it pushes you it literally forces you out of your comfort zone, you know? And the whole time it's like, oh, I don't want to look weird. I don't want to look weird. But if you think that you, it's just, it's going to mess awkward. it up. Yeah, it's going to be awkward the whole time. So like, I just kind of like was like, I really don't care what anyone looks at me and thinks, you know, I'm just going to act, you know? And 
And that extended to the scenes, that extended to um, the CGI, and then even um, I got to do the voice acting too, which was really fun. Yeah, yeah. You said you said the same lines like a hundred. Yeah, times. but it was fun because was like I was watching myself as a Rakneka, and like I had to like make the oh, sound. Oh, explain effects. the name. Explain the name. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing um, that I love about Arachneka is that my name is in the villain, um, the villain's name, um, because a lot of people of our descent can resonate with that. And that's huge with representation. I also love that they kept my hair in locks, which I thought was pretty flame. Um, but it's called Arachneka because I am an arachnid. Oh. Yeah, goon. Okay. Um, I have spider-like capabilities. Okay. Yeah, I have several arms. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I have several arms. Which is so very yeah. true to the court. Like, her <laughs> arms are everywhere. So yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, Dame was hating because he said that I was talking over his lines. So tell me about the crew acting. Okay. Um, man, you want me to put people on blast? Yes. <laughs> That's the point of this. Well, so so LeBron, was he was great. He had his lines down. Um, and then him and AD, you know, they kind of have a little brotherly thing. So, like, and AD was a good actor, too. Like, he was... He was very loose. He was cool. So you're telling me what is on the court is off the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. The synergy was there. Um, let me see here. Um, How was Dame? I know, you know Dame's Dame was good, but Dame was trying to be like so intense with his line. <laughs> but it was good. He did a really good job. Well, he's a rapper. But he got, got mad. He has to hit every line. <laughs> no, he, no, he Every didn't. bar. He got mad, though, because like I started kind of like ad-libbing off of like, I just started kind of like adding a little bit of like personality to me. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, hey, 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 you can't speak over my last line. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was funny um diana was great uh she was <laughs> d was a little nervous but she started warming up and she was cool why, was she, why do you think she was nervous she's diana tarasi i mean i mean it's a different dimension though yeah i think all of us were just kind of like whoa we can't believe we're in the movie <laughs> um and then clay was cool clay was clay was clay, clay. he was cool yeah clay was cool <laughs> he was good he was good he was good <laughs> he was great <laughs> Clay is one of a kind and I love it. He is. I really do. I love, I love that he is himself. Looking back on your experience in Space Jam, what do you think people will be excited to see, watch, experience? Um I think really just like the Goon Squad and the Toon Squad going at it, you know? It's it's very it it kind of brings back brings you back to your childhood, especially for like people our age who grew up watching it. Um, and I'm hoping, too, that if there's young people out there with kids who haven't watched the first one, that they'll go and watch the first one after watching uh -huh. A New Legacy. Yeah, it, it it's really cool. I love it. So, Neka, mm -hmm. this season is your 10th year mm -hmm. playing in the WNBA. Crazy. How does that feel? <laughs> it feels like my 10th, 10th year. year. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel good, though. You know, like, um, you know me. Like, I've been working hard in the offseason. Understatement. To be, to be honest... I think that I've gotten better not playing overseas and kind of honing in on my craft um, in ways that I wouldn't have been able to overseas. Overseas definitely kind of gives you that game feel, that game feel. By the way, this is a large statement because I watched NECA play in Kursk, Russia for a couple of years yeah. overseas, and that's where you really honestly developed your three-point shot. Yeah, yeah, you know, So sure. now you feel like the next stage is being here, resting your body, which is uh -huh. so important after the 2020 season in the bubble, which, like, Look, it was huge. Neka, I don't even know how you played basketball dealing with all of your responsibilities in that time. I did my job. So now you why do you, why do you feel like overseas, you know, being home has helped uh -huh. you? Um 
It's helped me because like I can really immerse myself in my work, like on the court, off the court. Um, I've also kind of developed like, I guess like my own, my own avenue, you know, in terms of where I feel I am professionally speaking. One of my most favorite things I got to do being here was uh, I got to go on a mini camp here in LA. It was me, D, Sue, and Skye. Um, and we just had four days working out. And I was like, shoot, I want to do this. I want to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping like maybe next year we'll be able to get more people who aren't overseas to come and work out. But, you know, Neka, one thing about both you, especially Diana, Sue, my goodness, bottle up that wine. It gets better with time. <laughs> and, of course, Skylar as well. Yeah. Um, it's about professionalism. Can you sort of, because I know, but the world doesn't know, what do you do to prepare yourself so that when you go on the court, you deliver? Because, Neka, I mean, what you've done in the game, I think a lot of people don't give you enough credit. Of course, I'm the first in line. <laughs> But, like, the year that you won a championship and also were MVP in 2016, you recorded the highest single-season true shooting percentage in WNBA and NBA history. So, And we know about this because, like, there was a game where, like, three games straight where you did not miss. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, Like, three or four games straight you did not miss, and you were shooting the ball, like, 12 times a game. <laughs> Twos and threes. Uh, career best in points that year. Rebounds, assists, blocks. Um, and your overall field goal shooting percentage, three-point percentage, free-throw percentage, and true shooting percentage overall was something that we had never seen in NBA and WNBA history. 73.7% true shooting percentage, the highest ever. It took some steps to get there. Yeah. But like, steps. but like to keep, <laughs> to maintain your, your position as a professional and the leader of our team mm -hmm. specifically, can you tell people what your routine is? Because people will be like, what? Okay. So like I could come and tell you like what I do every day, um, but that's not going to help anything. You know, like the way that I see it, it's discipline. You know me, like, it's discipline. Trust me, I know. The only reason I have, like, shades of discipline is because I'm in proximity of heavy <laughs> discipline. Uh, Nick, speaking of that 2016 year, which was huge, mm -hmm. you know, that was a championship. That championship, I was in China. Watching yeah, on my were, phone, you were in China. screaming like a crazy person because I was playing <laughs> overseas with my teammates who were screaming too. <laughs> and you hit the game winner. Gray up the floor. Gray rumbles in. So people dream of winning a championship mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. You did that. Mm -hmm. What was the after party like? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to be careful about how I say this. I'm gonna. We partied with Snoop. That's all we gonna. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> we partied with Snoop. That's it. Anything else? You don't have to name names outside of Snoop, but. It, you was, with it was memorable. Yeah. It was memorable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm discovering this being a member of the Sparks now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a different energy by wearing purple and gold, whether you're at the Lakers or the yeah. Sparks. And we've learned that too from Coach Derek Fisher. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know how committed he is to the Sparks and women's You think that they general. don't know that? I don't think people know as much. Like, you said he used to be at our game. Be at yeah, he, I remember when he was at our games when I was like one, two, three years in the league. And I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. And he would come into the locker room after the games and like dap us up and stuff. It was really, really cool. Um, I actually said this the other day. And I, I don't want to offend anyone. But I, I said this out loud. I was like, I think Fish might be 
one of the best coaches that I've had. I really do. He, what I like about what his philosophy is that he doesn't hold your hand. He doesn't hold your hand, but he's there to support you, you know, and he pushes you out of your comfort zone to, to access parts of you that you didn't know were there. It's such a pleasure to be a part of the legacy of a team in Los Angeles that that extends far beyond just the, the LA spark. Yeah. The now, you know, like, I mean, you're talking about being coached by someone who was coached by Phil Jackson and won five rings and played with Shaq and played with Kobe, you know? So that is not lost on fish when he shows up every day, um, in a sparks in a sparks t-shirt and shorts, you know, speaking of LA family, when mm -hmm. Vanessa Bryant, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, late great Kobe Bryant's wife, posted you thanking you for helping support the Mambasita Foundation. Mm -hmm. We'd be remiss to not mention him, especially as we talk as female hoopers in this community, especially. Right. Being someone that has now played for 10 years in Los Angeles, what was your experience with him? I know we had some fun times even as of late. Yeah. When we saw, he, he, you know, he, he and his daughters at the U.S. Women's National Team. That was my I favorite believe. memory. Yeah. That, that was for sure my favorite memory. My first memory with Kobe, I actually posted it um, last year. My first memory was <laughs> he was like, he came to watch us play versus Seattle because him and Jewel have a good relationship, um, had a good relationship. And um, he was walking in the hallway and I had to go use the bathroom while we were warming up. And he was there and I was like, hello. And I, <laughs> I bowed. <laughs> What? I was, like, I was like, hello. You bowed. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and he could, he could tell that I was like embarrassed, but he just kind of like was like, good luck tonight. I was like, thanks. <laughs> and then um, after that, you know, we got to see him every once in a while when he would come to the games. Um, and then uh, when we got to watch when the U.S. women's national team was going on their victory tour. And I remember we had our own box and, and then he had a box. There was like, a, there were a lot of people there. And um, of course, Kay was like, oh, you know, Kobe wants you guys to come to his box at halftime. And we we're like, okay. And it started getting late because I think we had a game the next day or practice the next day. We we're like, oh, we're going to have to start leaving. It was me, you, and TRP. We started like walking down the steps. We we're like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe he's busy. Like we'll, we'll catch him another time. And then I think, I think it was TRP was like, I was like, TRP, like if they said to come back up, would you go back up to his box? And TRP was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, me too. So I think you texted Kay or something yeah. like that. Let's go. Yeah. And, Kay, and and we were like, oh, we're leaving. We were hoping we got to see Kobe. He was like, oh yeah, come on up. I think what was so special about that moment was because we were in there with a dad and his daughters and, you know, we can really relate to that. Um, we are four girls as well. And it was just so, it was just one of those moments that you just like, photographically it's going to stay in your head forever. Um, and his daughters were just so excited to be there and, um, watching women's sports, which I think is also another thing to note. He was, he was doing what a dad would for, for young women who needed examples and, um, and wanted to aspire to do the things that they saw a lot of other women doing. And so, it was it was just such a special moment. That's like the moment that like that lives like completely rent free in my head, and yeah, like I always here. tap into it. Yeah. And when we left that suite, like all of us were like looking. Yeah, at we were like, all like, "Did that? Did just that happen? just happen? Like, like we were in there for thirty minutes. minutes. Yeah, like, <laughs> just kicking just it with kicking Kobe. it. I was like, oh my god.
And he knew all of us. He knew all of us. He knew our game. He's like, yeah, pump fake and drive left. You know, like, that's your strong point. But make sure you look at the step through. I'm like, and then he was Kobe? asking us how our practices were. He was like, huh, we used to do that. He's like, you do that drill? He's like, like yeah, that's, that's a Phil staple. <laughs> yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, we do miss him, and we miss mm-hmm. Gigi dearly. Yeah. And um, that's someone that didn't just, you know, he didn't even talk the talk. He just walked the walk and yeah. let his actions speak for mm-hmm. what it would do to advocate for the game. So Lakers not making it to the second round uh-huh. after winning a championship. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, they they had dealt with so many inconsistencies throughout the season um, that I'm sure kind of compounded to this moment of being eliminated. But what I what I don't understand and what I don't like is how much joy people get from bashing LeBron. I just don't understand it. Um, I know how to break it down. Okay, you can break it down. But you if know, you ain't me. got no haters. You ain't popping. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But also, that's a too, lot of haters. No, it is. It is. But I, you know me, like, I always want to take it to a whole nother level. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> we bashing, like, one of the greatest black men alive right now. I'm going to just say that. But. Drop the mic. I, I don't <laughs> I don't condone that type of stuff, especially with how, you know, how much that he's done. Um, For the culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, why? Why do we always got to look at somebody to why is why is it always one person's fault? Mm-hmm. You know, because um, the NBA right now is not built for one person. You have to no. have multiple people. I mean, look at Brooklyn. Yeah, so. we make excuses for certain people, and this this extends to the WNBA too. You yeah. know, you make excuses for certain people, and it doesn't take away from their greatness. But one thing that is true is like you can't deny championships. You can't deny winning. Um, you just got to figure out in that moment like what it is that you need to be able to be great and win. Uh, but everybody has their own opinion, their own hot take. All right, Nick, it's time okay. for you to enter my court, Janae's court, which right. is the hot seat where I'm going to ask you a question and you must answer. Is it just one question? No, it's number of questions just okay. for you, though. Okay. I like these types of things. All right. What is the most annoying part of playing with your sister? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's annoying. I would more so say that, like, for you, it would probably be easier if... If you didn't react to every call. Oh, I just reacted to what you said. <laughs> Remember what I told you last game? I was like, just let it go. Yeah, and, I and couldn't. move on. Just let it go and move on. I see red. What is the best thing about playing with your sister? You're always the first person that's like, shoot, Nekka, you to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sometimes I'm like, Chanae, like, what? <laughs> You're always the first person to be like, Come on, you unstoppable. And I'm just kind of like, I feel like trash right now. Well, no, you need to go. <laughs> Nat, thanks for hanging with me. Oh, that was it? Thank you for being my first guest ever. Oh, you're welcome. Those questions were not hard. <sighs> it's cool. You know, it's fine. I'm just, this is my first one. So. No, 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 it's good. It's good. Thanks for one. having me. Y'all, that was so much fun. So happy to wrap my first podcast episode with my big sis, NECA. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday for new episodes with one-of-a-kind guests on ESPN's YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully our conversation today sparks something within you.